We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in. It's the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow priest, you know him, you love him. Absent from yesterday's gut reaction, but here to drop some knowledge. And by the way, Zach Kelberman, Happy New Year, big dog. How are you? Hope you had a fun uh, New Year's Eve. Can't wait to get some of your thoughts on yesterday's developments. But uh, first things first, though, since you weren't with us, what was your your initial reaction, your gut reaction to Broncos Chargers? You know, depending on how you feel about Russ, you can make the case either way that the offense didn't look much better than with Russell Wilson. But that's the point that Russ wasn't elevating them. You can make the case that they weren't much better and that, you know, Sean Payton's decision uh, might have backfired. But if you look at the numbers like I did, Chad, after the game and after my emotions have settled a little bit, he went 20 of 32 for 224 and one touchdown. 54 of of those yards came on the uh, little Jordan Humphrey touchdown. They went 7 for 17 on third down, 0 for 2 in the red zone. They won time of possession. So if you boil it down, Stidham looked a lot like Russell Wilson did, which goes to show that this offense is still very much flawed, and it's not just solely uh, the quarterback. Yeah, the production was just too similar to even call it anything close to an upgrade. But what did you think, really? I mean, what were your expectations for Stidham? Uh, in that, you know, his first start as a Bronco, I think it was his third career start, maybe his fourth career start. Oh, and two hadn't won a game yet. Finally gets his first NFL win. But were you, were we really expecting Stidham to go set the world on fire? No, that's a good point. I wasn't thinking he'd be 500 yards and five touchdowns, but I was more or less looking at what he did inside of the pocket, not necessarily the numbers. Was he stepping up? Was he avoiding sacks? Was he better than Russ in that department? And that's what Sean Payton talked about today, Chad. He said they had a 15-game sample size. He didn't say Russell Wilson specifically, but he noticed certain things over a 15-game period that led him to replace Wilson for Stidham. I noticed there were more crossers. I I did like uh, the play calling a little more. I feel like Sean Payton was more comfortable with Stidham. Uh, but he was about what I expected him to be. But it just showed me, and I'm not necessarily a Russell proponent or an apologist, that it goes beyond number three. There are certain levels to this issue. In one sense, it was one of the, I mean, what's more valuable to you? A couple of 
draft spots, right? And by couple, I mean maybe one or two. Or the fact that Jarrett Stidham was pedestrian enough, Zach, that it really slammed the door on any possibility of this thing jumping the shark and the Broncos convincing themselves they've got a guy. Like if he would have gone in there and thrown for 350 and four touchdowns yesterday, you risk them kind of believing too much into Jarrett Stidham. Maybe they don't go after a long-term answer, a quarterback in the offseason. To me, that was one of the uh, silver lining boxes that was checked yesterday was, okay, hey, turns out he he's offered replacement-level production for uh, the quarterback he replaced, and that's what he is. He's a backup. Yeah, I mean, he's a good number two. He can start a game, but he's not a franchise quarterback. And uh, we have Deuce from New Orleans hopping in here. $10 super. Thank you so much, Deuce. Good to see you. Happy New Year. Yesterday, the offense looked the same at quarterback. Maybe it's the play calling and play designs that's not effective. The receivers aren't getting open right away, and that's why the quarterback holds the ball along. Deuce, I, I tend to agree. Russell Wilson certainly had his blemishes. He had his faults. He was holding the ball. He wasn't seeing the middle of the field, taking too many sacks, yada, yada. But the separation issue, I would have liked to see Stidham, Chad, with a full complement of weapons. You know, Javante wasn't starting. Cortland was out. Marvin Mims was unavailable. It was a backup collection of talent that Stidham was throwing to. So it's still an incomplete sample size. But you're right, Deuce. This is the point I was making. It goes beyond Russ. It's It wasn't solely him, and that's why we use the word scapegoat when it came to his benching. He didn't have a lot of uh, – he didn't have much choice, Zach, but to involve more of the other receivers that we didn't see Russ go to all that often uh, because, as you mentioned, Sutton out and the rookie out. But, I mean, little Jordan Humphrey, two receptions, 69 yards, a touchdown, obviously an outlier play in one of those receptions. So it was a huge play. Loved seeing it. Jerry Judy, six targets. So he, Judy and Brandon Johnson led the team yesterday in targets, each with six. Judy hauled in three for 54. Brandon, four for 27. So his were, you know, the slants and the underneath stuff that Jarrett Stidham was actually throwing. Didn't get to really see Russ make any of those slant throws uh, under Sean Payton so far this year. I like seeing him at least, even though he didn't have much choice. Hey, turns out maybe this wide receiver core isn't as devoid of talent as we thought. Not to make too much of it, but I did. It was encouraging seeing some of these other guys making some plays. There's definitely talent. It's never been the question. It's the it's the production that's always been in question. And you rattled off the, the stats and the numbers. Those sound a lot like what it was under Russell Wilson. So it points back to it being maybe it's a system thing. Maybe it's a scheme thing. Maybe Sean Payton has more cobwebs to clean up than we all anticipated. But um, it was a lot more of the same. Very much deja vu, Chad, in a game that I'm pretty much apathetic to. You, you talked about they won, and that's great and all, and Stidham got a victory, but what did it do to their draft odds? What did it do to their false sense of hope going into 2024? That's why I was saying before the game, I know it's unpopular. You guys are going to criticize me, but it was in the Broncos' best interest to maybe drop these two games and secure the highest draft pick possible. So no surprise here, but Sean Payton officially names Jarrett Stidham the starter for the season finale. Uh, here's what he said, uh, amongst many things, in his conference call today with local media. Quote, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, the depth at that position going into the game coming up will be the same with Jarrett as the starter. <clears throat> pardon me, frog in my throat. Russ as the number two. Number one, our job is to score. We had opportunities in the red zone yesterday and certainly down at the one-yard line. That's the first thing. I thought Jarrett did a good job after seeing the tape with his decisions 
the ball security and all those things you want to see from the position. Big play to uh, Lil Jordan Humphrey was a heck of a play, et cetera. But protection was good. There were a lot of positives to build off of, close quote. Did you see it that way, Zach? Positives to build off. If you're reaching for positives, yeah. I mean, the fact that he played a pedestrian game, it was uh, unsexy, but it was successful, Chad. And that's, I think, what Sean Payton wants from his quarterback. He mentioned turnovers and maybe Russell Wilson's carelessness, coughing the ball up on fumbles or just being reckless in the pocket. That was what he was talking about when he said there was too much on tape over that 15-game sample size. So it's no surprise to me either that the quarterback that Sean Payton hand-selected this offseason is the one uh, that he's complimenting. The mile-high Dutchie in the house, Albert Knoppers, wishing everybody a happy new year right back at you. It's really, really bizarre how time flies, dude. And the older you get, and I can especially attest for this, Zach, once you start having kids and you kind of settle down, as it were, time kind of, when you're young, it feels like this big, wide-open thing. you got all the time in the world, and then you kind of settle down. And maybe maybe a better way to put it, Zach, is once you hit 30, it kind of telescopes on you. And time does this. But my son, Theo, who, you know, he's a little over two years old, comes in this morning. You know, he's always the first one awake in our house. Uh, that's kind of the way it goes with little kids. But comes in, waking me up. Daddy, Daddy, wake up. It's 2027. I'm like, what? How long did I sleep last night? But uh, yeah, dude, happy new year. Excited for what's to come, both for the Broncos and for MHH. It's going to be a gas cover and a, a quarterback search. Absolutely. One thing I've learned, not to make it a life lesson podcast, Chad, but life goes slowly and fast at the same time. It's uh, it's quite amazing. But happy new year to you, Albert, and also Patrick. He says, Aloha, Broncos universe, Broncos verse. Everything considered much more fun to watch this year. Looking forward to a rustless year on the drama front. Um, that would be interesting, Chad, not having that baggage not having the uh the lightning rod on the team that is russell wilson and maybe like getting rid of randy gregory and frank clark before him when they do move on from russ it'll uh help the broncos on the field true uh the time thing you know last thing it just like with time flying it's very similar to i don't know if you ever read any hemingway but he ernest hemingway right the tortured brilliant uh genius writer but he was once asked uh, how he went bankrupt. And he said, oh, uh, uh, two ways, gradually, then suddenly. And for me, that's kind of how time passes. Gradually, high school, I can't wait, dude, to get out of high school so I can start my life, dude, and live my life my way. And then here we are. Mr. Rocket, my dog. So good to see you. Appreciate the super. He says, speaking of the draft, I know I sound stupid for saying this, but I'm trading whatever necessary to go into the top three for a queue. It's a big risk slash reward it is and i'm not saying that i'm a hundred percent against it zach but if the broncos weren't as strapped on the cap as they are and they're going to have tens of millions of dollars unaccounted for by a quarterback that's probably not going to be on the roster they don't really have the uh wiggle room to parlay more of the of the future picks and you know mortgaging the future what in what would be basically a third straight year so I'm still kind of on the fence on this. I guess it really would depend on, is it the guy? I mean, do how confident would we be that that's the guy? If it's just a trade-up for the sake of trading up, hoping to get the guy, you know? But, there, I mean, it's like Scott talked about last night. He spent a lot more time on the draft class already, obviously, Zach, than you and I have. But 
he's like, look, there's the the top three and then everybody else. So you you will have to get into the top 10 odds are to get one of those guys, but it will be pricey. Maybe not like uh, mortgaging the future just to get into the top 10, but if you're getting into the top three future picks, first rounders, like once again, here we go, mortgaging the farm. Yeah, I mean, uh, you hit on it. I'm I'm always in favor of a GM or a head coach or a team taking a swing for their guy if they truly a thousand percent feel that's their guy. Now we don't know if that's Bo Nix or McCarthy or Jaden Daniels. That will come out over the next couple months. The thing is, though, you talked about mortgaging the future again. How could the Broncos chat a team? Could they keep going consecutive years without having high round capital for the Russell Wilson trade? Then Sean Payton, they're finally going to have a first this year. Do you really want to give it up and then give up a first, a future first as well for a quarterback? And also, as great as Sean Payton is, we have to call into question one thing. He's never really developed a quarterback going back to his time in New Orleans. He inherited Drew Brees, and then he had a collection of uh, backup and uh, miscast types like Jameis Winston and Trevor Simeon and Ian Book. As good as he is, that's what would leave me a little apprehensive is giving up that capital and to a coach that doesn't have a proven track record of developing a young quarterback. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, a lot of uh, – I'm not as concerned. I don't have as many questions on Sean Payton relative to developing quarterbacks because I do recall Drew Brees' career quite well with the Chargers before they let him go after the shoulder. Um, and he was good, made a Pro Bowl one year. But he was uh, – you know, we, make, we used to make fun of Justin Simmons, Zach, and every once in a while when he has a bad stretch, we still, you know, bring it out almost Justin almost Simmons right almost makes the play almost and that's kind of the quarterback Drew Brees was is he could almost get you there almost and I think you know having read also the Drew Brees biography which was a good read that it was a combination of things that led to the success in New Orleans it wasn't just the brilliance of Sean Payton the offensive you know uh, wonder kid but it was also Brees's reality check 
once he first of all that the Chargers let him go. They drafted Philip Rivers uh, the year prior. That pissed him off, or two years prior. I'm, I'm losing track of time here. There we go again. The theme of the show, uh, but also that there were no takers. Zach, besides the Saints and the Dolphins, that really bummed him out. He couldn't believe it. I mean, he was still young. He'd made a Pro Bowl, but everyone was afraid of that shoulder. So you had this additional kind of oomph or drive on Breeze's part to prove everybody wrong. That I think definitely played a role in, in or at least fueled him with the the Saints. But I'll tell you this: that's a long-winded way of me saying. And then we'll grab McGill. It's a long-winded way of saying that Breeze did take many quantum leaps forward as a quarterback, as a passer uh, under Sean Payton. We could debate the reasons why, but he did take steps forward. I guess where I land, and maybe we can agree on this, is I have no problem if the Broncos take a quarterback at 14, let's say, or wherever they end up picking, and they don't have to trade picks. It's giving up the capital and, like you said, mortgaging the future for a third year in a row mm. after the last time they did that with Russell Wilson. I just... PTSD exists. I feel you. I'm very so-so uh, on the prospect of trading more to move up. Miguel, what's up, bro? Happy New Year to you. He says, do you think missing Timmy P, Tim Patrick, uh, getting, uh, getting hurt, did it hinder this offense, and should the Broncos draft another receiver with these traits? Well, Timmy P is a very clutch player, first of all, but nothing about him jumps off you know, the scouting report other than the prototypical kind of possession receiver size. What really separated Tim as, as a pro as he kind of developed was, Zach, his reliability. Yeah, Those hands. Uh, the quarterback could trust him, and that trust and belief led to some pretty pretty big things before he started getting snake-bitten. Um, and then the leadership factor. Turns out, also, Tim Patrick is one hell of a leader. So did it affect things? Yeah, but I don't want to make too much of it um, because it's not like he's a generational wide receiver. You know, They're not missing Jerry Rice in his prime. But they did it. They did feel it. Yeah, I don't think he would have. He would have helped the offense for sure. But they already have their clutch guy, their possession guy in Cortland Sutton, number one. Brandon Johnson has stepped up to be like a mini TP number two. But number three, the more important point, they need a game breaker. They don't need Tim Patrick. They need Justin Jefferson. They need CD Lamb. They need AJ Brown. They need a dominant alpha game breaker on their offense, which they don't have. And as much as I love Tim Patrick, he is simply not that. He's Cortland Sutton light. So to his question, though, you want to see the Broncos use some premium capital on a receiver? MHJ. There you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ronk in the house. Bro, so good to see you. Yes, it is the aftermath of the Broncos' eighth win. So important to Sean Payton getting that eighth win. Happy New Year, Chad, Zach, Broncos country, and Scott, go Broncos. Right back at you, big dog. Um, really excited for this year. Doug says, good evening, happy New Year. I look forward to seeing the offseason moves. We're here for that, <clears throat> for sure. <clears throat> Pardon me. The offseason is always my favorite part of the NFL calendar, which is weird because the offseason exists, Zach, to serve – the purpose of it all, which are the games that's right, the the actual competition and the pursuit of the trophy and all that. But doing what we do and just being also fans of the Broncos, fans of the game, I love the question marks and the rumors and the uh scuttlebutt and this signing and that hiring and this pick and all that. So that's gonna be intensified a few fold this year, Zach, with a bona fide quarterback search. 
I love football season, but it's very much regimented every week. And in 17, 18 weeks in, you're like ready for a little unpredictability. That's why I love the offseason. And we're going to have a hell of a good time covering quarterback acquisitions, rumors, maybe competitions, maybe a GM search if uh, George Payton's shown the door. Buckle up, Broncos country. It's going to be a wild year yet again. I want to talk about this uh, NFL PA letter um, because – the article I wrote on Friday after Russell Wilson at his locker confirmed the report that the Broncos did threaten him uh, with a benching if he didn't remove the injury guarantees. The end of, Then there was a report from Ian Rappaport yesterday morning that seemed to kind of cast some doubt on that. Then the NFLPA letter leaked through the Washington Post, and I want to talk about that, and it makes Russ look better and the Broncos look worse. And the only reason I'm, I'm bringing this up now before we grab Sam Bam Zach is it's a little segue uh into well let, let me grab Sam Bam. Thank you for your patience, bro. He says, Happy New Year, guys. Hope 2024 is a blessed year uh for you guys. Everyone at MHH and Broncos Country, go Broncos. You too. By the way, Thursday night, it is a for sure thing. Be here uh because we're gonna be unveiling the uh, official 2023 MHH Mount Rushmore of superstars, the top 20. It's going to be dope. We got a graphic ready to roll and all that stuff. So be there. Sam Bam, I don't know, a little birdie told me that maybe you want to make sure you're you're live with us Thursday night. Thank you so much, Sam. Happy New Year to you and yours. And uh, hopefully this is the Broncos year, Chad. We just have to keep hoping. Yes. <clears throat> Pardon me, man. I don't know what this frog in my throat tonight. Jeff, brother, good to see you. Thank you for the super. You go way back with us, my dog. You are an OG Super chat, superstar. Really appreciate you. It says Peyton was brought in to fix the foundation. You got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. Russ is not elite for the money. Hashtag trust in Peyton. Yeah. And that's the thing that, I mean, I still devolve back to it hurts. I don't like seeing this. The Broncos go through this. I really wanted it to work out with Russ and especially Zach, considering the investment and the sacrifices made to get him here. But none of this is an issue. If he plays at a level commensurate with his paycheck. And uh, unfortunately, you couldn't even argue, Zach, that he's played at a level commensurate with the cost to get him out of Seattle. Then you stack the paycheck on top of it, which was the Broncos' own doing. I mean, you know, they did it. But um, that's why it does start, I think, Zach, with it being a football issue. But, yeah, lots of economic considerations involved, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it Russell Wilson's deficiencies, if he was on a $45 million contract, you could say easily he exceeded expectations. But on a $245 million contract that doesn't even kick in until this offseason, he has fallen short. And I've been a big fan of Russell Wilson, proponent, advocate, whatever, but I agree with the point here. He wasn't playing up to that money and providing a return on investment. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lawrence jumping in saying, Happy New Year. It's my 29th birthday tomorrow. Well, listen, Lawrence. Since we will not be on the air, Zach and I, tomorrow, it being Tuesday, let us wish you a happy, an early happy birthday, my friend. Hope yeah. it's a great one. Hope you're 
uh, 29th. Well, it'll be your 30th year on this planet. I hope it's a great one. Happy New Year. Happy birthday, Lawrence. Colby C. Collier hopping in. Shout out, Kobe, one of the OG members of the community. Happy New Year to all of Broncos country. Right back at you, Kobe. The Triple C. Much love and respect, big dog. And also Thursday uh, for Colby and everybody on Facebook, Lawrence, The Ronk, if we see Phil, uh, we will be uh, revealing the Facebook jersey winner. The accounts for November and December, and then we're also going to reveal kind of the new process going forward on how Facebook gets in on the the jersey action, can make sure they get in on the jersey raffle action. So uh, be here for that. But Zach, um, you know, you were bringing up the future of George Payton. What I was getting at there as I was digressing, um, not wanting to keep Sam Bam waiting too long, is if it turns out that the Broncos are lying and that they did threaten Russell Wilson, there might have to be a scapegoat. There might have to be some consequences ahead might have to roll at Broncos HQ and on top of some of the misses, right? I mean, it's hard to fault George Payton for making that trade for Russ, but some of his personnel misses, et cetera. Um, it might be enough to see him, see him bounce. You know, if the Broncos feel like they need uh, an expedient uh, scapegoat. Well, also for the same reason that Sean Payton wants to move on from Russ, he wants his own guy. He inherited George Payton like he inherited Russell Wilson. I'm sure he would like Jeff Ireland in the role as GM, someone a little more familiar with his mindset and his inner workings than uh, George Payton. But someone is going to be held to account. And as big of a fan as I was of George Payton, he might have to pay for the Russell Wilson disaster. So let me just get to this because this was a little bit of a bone um, between. Well, let's grab let's grab uh, Lady D real quick and then we'll get to it. Deanna Hendry. Jumping in from Thank the top you. rope as she is want to do. Love you so much, Lady D. Make sure if you can be there Thursday night for the show. As I mentioned earlier, we're unveiling the 2023 MHH Mount Rushmore Superstar graphic. Everyone can see top 20. It's going to be dope. I think you're going to want to make sure you're there. She says, we need to get a quarterback. We need to get an offensive line. Definitely a new GM. Feel bad how Wilson was treated. Happy New Year, Broncos country, and everyone at MHH for life. Hashtag bridge the gap. Oh, thank you. Thank you, dear. Hashtag love you, priest. We love you too. Seriously, Lady D, don't know what we do without you. You're you're an awesome member of this community. And uh, just the the vibe and the energy and the support and all that that you bring, it's, we, we really do love you. Yeah. Have the happiest of New Year's, Deanna. Thank you so much as always. And I got to say, I echo every point you make here. So on this subject, because she does bring up the GM, all right, um, I want to get to this real quick and then get, you know, we'll keep the conversation rolling, get the chat's reaction. But we heard tell, uh, go away, ad. We heard tell, um, let me see if I can blow this up one more level. There we go. Uh, in the initial report, Zach, you had the, you had the article for us at MHH that, uh, the Broncos had threatened Russ. All right. We heard in that, that the NFL PA had gotten involved. We weren't sure exactly the full extent of what that meant, but on Sunday, the Ian Rappaport report basically made it sound like the NFL PA didn't perceive what the Broncos request to Russell Wilson. Uh, they didn't perceive the Broncos request to Russ as a threat. That was kind of the impression Rappaport, uh, his, his article was making. However, Today, uh, the Washington Post 
leaked the NFLPA's letter to the Broncos. And I just want to read this real quick. Okay. Quote, it has come to our attention that the Denver Broncos recently informed Mr. Wilson and his certified contract advisor, his agent, that if Mr. Wilson would not renegotiate his player contract to relinquish certain salary guarantees, the Broncos would remove him from the starting lineup. If the Broncos follow through on the club's threat, the club will violate, among other things, the collective bargaining agreement, Mr. Wilson's player contract, and New York law. Remember, the NFL is based in New York, so it's bound by the laws there. And we are particularly concerned that the Broncos still intend to commit these violations under the guise of, quote, coaching decisions. Accordingly, we write to notify you that the NFLPA and Mr. Wilson reasonably anticipate arbitration and or litigation against the Broncos and the Management Council, triggering your respective obligations to preserve potentially relevant documents, close quote. So this doesn't prove, Zach, I, I wrote about this today. Does it prove Russell Wilson's accusation that the Broncos threatened him? No, because they could be going off just what Russell Wilson said. And, of course, they're always going to back the player uh, in every way, shape, or form. It's the purpose for their existence. But it is, like, if we were looking at this, Zach, as a court of law, this is a relatively damning piece of circumstantial evidence on behalf of or supporting the witness on the stands uh, uh, testimony, so to speak, Russell Wilson, that the Broncos did threaten him. So with the Broncos, I don't know. I mean, it, this is a public thing. And Russ at his locker on Friday chose to keep it in the public domain. The Broncos have traditionally not been one of those teams that likes to air its dirty laundry. But if there is some kind of evidence, Zach, or proof, or one of the, the phone calls being documented or recorded, and the Broncos that the vindicates or exonerates the Broncos, they might have no choice but to leak it out there. I doubt it happens, but that might be the only way to make it go away if it's true. Meantime, I'm now significantly more inclined to believe that it's not just Russ perceiving it as a threat. It must have been. I, I do believe the Broncos must have said something that was quite clearly a threat. You said what I was going to say, almost word for word. The NFLPA is has the best interests of Russell Wilson in mind, so they're going to um, form a letter using language that reflects Russ in a positive light and the Broncos in a negative light. It seems to me that the absolute truth, what happened beyond a shadow of a doubt, is that the Broncos did go to Russ and ask him to make a change to his contract or something with the injury guarantees or talk about a benching. Whether they threatened him, I think, is the only part of this discussion that remains up for grabs, but it's obvious that something did happen. Um, you mentioned making it go away. The other way they can make it go away is by cutting Russ and maybe cutting a deal behind the, uh, behind the scenes and making it all disappear. And we, we learned Chad, the NFL is not going to let their messy business get out too much into the open with the Washington commanders workplace report, uh, things like that. That took years for it to come out involving a superstar level talent like Russell Wilson in this messy divorce. I think uh, all sides will come together to make sure it doesn't get too uh, out of hand. But, you know, I've been getting a lot of mentions uh, or comments in my mentions, Zach, about drawing parallels between like the Patriots sitting down Trent Brown to avoid paying him the six and a half million, uh, the incentive bonus, et cetera. There is a difference because uh, the game, to my knowledge, I'm, I don't profess to be a like total expert on ever, all the language of Russell Wilson's contract. I've never seen it. All I can go off of is the general information we know, cap numbers, bonuses, all that stuff. But there is a difference between saying, 
hey, we're going to sit down the quarterback because we don't want to risk possibly being on the hook for an injury guarantee next year uh, if he does get injured. There's a difference between that and literally sitting a guy down to deprive him of money that right. he had earned through an incentive bonus with one more game. He had done, in other words, everything that the team had laid out for him to earn that bonus. He was on track. Everything's good. They sit him down. To me, those are two different things. But Naj says, and thank you, Naj. Love you, big dog. Happy New Year to you. He says, I don't like how Peyton has handled a variety of things, but it is what it is. Um, don't like missing the playoffs again. Don't like having to find another quarterback. But here we are. Life as a Broncos fan recently. Yes, it has been a bumpy eight years. But I don't know if you want to view this, Zach, as a silver lining. But if they snap the streak against the Raiders next week or this week, uh, get a win in Vegas. They finish with a winning record for the first time in seven years. So there is that. How meaningful that is, I don't know. It is cold comfort, but it is a thing. It is for sure. And yeah, the quarterback carousel, no one likes getting on that, but the band-aid needed to be ripped off because it became apparent even to the most ardent observers that Russell Wilson was not uh, the long-term future quarterback. And I think one more thing we could say definitively, Chad, we can all agree on is that the situation between player and team is uh, it can't be reconciled. It's irreparable. That relationship is damaged and they will be divorcing. It's just a matter of time when that divorce takes place. Xander. Thank you for being with us tonight, my friend, and thank you for the very generous super chat. Happy New Year. Uh, quarterback one, QB one in the draft is out of range. Broncos need to trade for picks, but they're thin on depth. This bind looks like they should draft OL, D-line, and linebackers and just buy a Jacoby Brissett, et cetera, as, Jarrett Stidham, as a Jarrett Stidham add-on for 2024. Trade depth thoughts. Or quarterbacks like that was floated last night, like Baker Mayfield, etc. What are your thoughts, Zach? I would prefer no more leftovers or you know short-term band-aids. I prefer the Broncos to finally draft a quarterback and build him up. I don't know who that would be, but it is a, a conundrum because you can't trade up after years of trading up, but you really do need that blue-chip quarterback that might be out of your range. I like Jacoby Brissett, but he's the same thing as a Jared Stidham. He's a hold the fort guy. He's a great number two and a shaky number one. I'd rather them roll into 2024 with Stidham as the the hold the, the fort starter and anyone, any rookie, second, third round, uh, have him as the backup and have him in the pipeline to be developed. Agreed. I'm inclined to this is your chance. I mean, it's one of the things Sean Payton said, Zach, at the podium on Wednesday hour or so after the news broke that Russ was being benched. Uh, it, he kind of said it in passing, but it was to the effect of, look, I felt like we needed a change. I felt like one way or another, obviously Russ wasn't getting it done. We're, uh, we need a spark. And it's my job to make those decisions. I go with my gut. I'm paraphrasing here uh, on things like this because it's always served me well. And if I don't listen to my gut and I don't make decisions like this hard as they may be, when the situation demands it, it could be another guy talking to you here at the podium next year or not too very long or whatever, right? So, like, the idea that uh, Sean Payton, um, you know, he doesn't have that long to necessarily prove that he sh should be the guy uh, for many years to come, even though the contract is considerable, means that here's your opportunity to strike and get the quarterback starting from scratch, develop him, build him up in your image, I can't see the Broncos passing up on that opportunity. 
Uh, I would worry maybe, Zach, that they'd convince themselves to do that if Stidham in week 17 and 18 was, you know, pulling off Matt Flynn level right. feats, you know, and throwing for six tutties a game and et cetera. But we're not seeing that. I think it's going to be quite evident to the Broncos that they've got to really shape their resources toward the queue uh, this offseason. No, that's something we talked about when we did the gut reaction to Russ's benching is that if you remove scapegoat after scapegoat, eventually it's going to come back to Sean Payton and he'll have the entire spotlight on him. So we all knew 2023 was a honeymoon year. Nothing was going to happen. He has rock solid job status. He'll he'll get all of 2024, but starting in 2025, if the team doesn't start producing and the quarterback that he hand selects and has built up isn't leading the team to victories, he's going to find himself on the hot seat and have no one to blame except for him. Shout out to Michaela and Cooper in the house. Happy 2024. Right Happy back at you. Happy New Year. So good to see the two of you tonight. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of, lot of mentions tonight, Zach, uh, in the chat of uh, Bo Nix. I want to talk about that after we grab Michaela. Love you. Seriously. Uh, this is someone who is crucial and core to the culture of MHH the conversation, uh, the whole nine yards. I don't know what we do without you. Seriously, Michaela, we love you. Thank you. She says, can the Broncos get in trouble for what they did with Russ? Well, it's not so much like trouble, trouble per se. It's that it, you know, no one's getting grounded. No one's getting thrown in the clink. It can be bad PR wise that might, as we mentioned earlier, require, uh, a sacrificial lamb, so to speak, a head to roll. And it's never going to be, or in this case, anyway, it's not going to be Sean Payton. But what it does is if there's veracity to it, it can be used as in the NFL PA's letter, they're talking about arbitration and litigation. It can be used in those venues to um, hurt the Broncos, force them to pay more, force them, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't think Zach, Again, I'm not an expert on the legalities of all things NFL and the CBA and all that stuff, but it's this isn't something where they're going to get fined picks. You know, right. no GMs getting suspended. It's just something that could cost them in two ways: court of public opinion and possibly in litigation. Extremely well said. Yeah, no one's going to prison for this. It just doesn't cast the Broncos in uh, the most positive light, though. Most people realize, including Russ, it's a business. And a lot of this is, I think, hurt feelings right now, Chad. That's why he used the word threat and kind of initiated the NFLPA's response and everything. Once the season ends and he gets away from the team in 2024, the planning for that starts to take place, it'll get easier to digest. And the NFL's lawyers will step in if it gets too messy to make sure this doesn't leak out into the public that much more. It is kind of interesting. Uh, I'm not making a... Uh, you know, statement one way or another, but it is sim it, it is interesting how if you compare the last year of Peyton Manning in Denver to to this year of Russ, there there are a lot of parallels, and it's interesting how differently the quarterbacks were kind of approached their response to things, so to speak. For example, when Peyton Manning, we didn't know until he was healthy and on the sideline for the season finale that year. Uh, backing up Brock Osweiler, by the way, a healthy Peyton Manning backing up Brock Osweiler. We didn't know at the time that Heath had basically felt like he was healthy and good to go for a couple of weeks. Kubiak had kept him on ice. Kubiak, uh, you know, claimed he had his reasons, et cetera, et cetera. One of which was that Os he felt like Osweiler had deserved to continue kind of showing what he could do. 
But we learned later, Zach, that Peyton Manning was doing some passive aggressive things, making it clear to Kubiak how he felt internally. It never Peyton's view anyway, his opinions, his the exact nature of his health, all this never spilled out into the public domain because of Peyton Manning. And it only became known like him sitting in the in the uh you know the tub or or being in the indoor facility and and working out and just throwing dimes and then turning to the camera and you know giving Kubiak the bird in good fun like saying you know up yours coach I'm ready to go what are you doing here let's go compare that Zach to Russell Wilson who didn't even like I mean it was as soon as he was asked the question spills all the beans talks about the threat this and that I'm not drawing conclusions from that. I'm simply saying it is curious how the parallels line up. Peyton Manning asked to take a pay cut. Did the Broncos ask him to take a pay cut to open the 2015 season after Coob was hired? He accepted, although it is a little bit different because his contract offered him an incentive to earn it all back, but only if they won the Super Bowl, which they did. So, you know, Peyton Manning's a baller, but there are some parallels there. There are, and that's why I talked about it being hurt feelings. This is, I think, the most dangerous, no pun intended, that Russell Wilson will get with this situation. He knows if he still wants to play, Chad, he has to maintain some sort of positive PR, and he can't trash his uh, soon-to-be former employer. So I think the talking he's doing, the tweeting he's doing is the most we'll see. And like I said, after the season, when the emotions settle down, the it'll be swept under the rug, Chad, in due time. So what do you think of this Bo Nix? Everybody's excited about him, the Oregon quarterback. He had himself a day. Uh, you look at this kid's stats uh, this season at Oregon, former, obviously, uh, uh, SEC transfer from Auburn. He's been in Oregon the past two years. And this season alone, Zach, 40 touchdowns to three picks. Um, you know, it's college quarterback rating, but 186.2, 4,100 yards, et cetera. But his yards per attempt, 9.5, which is a career high for him collegiately. And then uh, air yards, 11.1 per attempt. What are your thoughts on him fitting into kind of the, you know, this was something that Scott brought up last night that Sean Payton seems to want kind of a robot to run his offense, meaning a guy who he can count to be, you know, where he needs to be, balls coming out on time, offense is working in rhythm. So like even Drew Brees, Peyton Manning as well, these caliber of quarterbacks, there is a robotic aspect to their level of dominance once they master their domain, they master their scheme. There is that robotic just nonstop churning it out. You can basically set your watch to whatever they're going to do in a given situation, and you compare that to Russ's kind of backyard style, completely unpredictable. I mean, the only predictable aspect of it is that you know, it's unpredictable. Or maybe you could even say the only predictable aspect is that when he hits that back foot, <laughs> ball's not coming out, you know, and that drives coaches like Sean Payton crazy. This is a long-winded way of saying Bo Nix might be the type of quarterback, short area accuracy, efficient underneath, all that stuff that would perhaps fit that potential, you know, sterling robot that, that would be a prize to Sean Payton. Full disclosure, I think Scott would know much better than me. I, I value his opinion, and he put it best when he said there's the big two or three at tops in this quarterback class and then everyone else. 
But among the everyone else, I, I do like a, a lot of what Nick's brings to the table. I know he's high risk, high reward in some people's eyes, but I see some Justin Herbert to Bo Nix's style. And when Sean Payton was uh, coming out of the Fox job, the rumors were he wanted the Chargers gig because he wanted to coach Justin Herbert. So if he sees them any sort of similar at all, he's going to jump at the opportunity. But that's my point I made from earlier, I wouldn't mind if you want to take a swing on Bo Nix with your, let's say, first round pick, whatever, how it shakes out. My problem would be if you move up and surrender capital for someone like Bo Nix, who is not a guaranteed um, prospect that's going to work out. No one is. So as it stands, for what it's worth, current draft order, Broncos are picking at 14. So if they win, you know, they're basically going to be picking somewhere between uh, 13 and like say 17, something like that. Uh, a lot of the evaluations I've seen of Knicks is that he's best case scenario fringe first rounder. That's what Drew Brees was, by the way. He was actually a second round pick before there were 32 teams. Uh, if he would have been drafted at that same position after 2002, he would have been a first round pick, but. I'm only saying this because if the Broncos did want to use their mid to later round first rounder on mid to early late first round pick on Knicks, he's probably going to be there, even though we can't foresee what's going to change with senior bowl and all the, you know, or whatever, you know, the, the, the pre-draft trail Lawrence, bro. He says, when Sean wanted to start Stidham, I thought it was because it was like the Steelers and uh, Mason Rudolph, but it's definitely not. And I'd rather him just keep his contract. We already signed it. Uh, yeah, I feel you on that, dude. Draft time, Broncos country. We got someone here who is obviously a big Broncos fan and a big fan of the draft. Happy to have you. Welcome. Thank you for the super chat support. If Russell Wilson's camp keeps pushing this for the Broncos to lose money or draft picks, why would any other team want him on their roster next season? And that's a, it's a it's a good point, and it's something Zach that you could maybe elucidate on because you brought it up earlier yeah that's what i was saying i mean russell wilson from a human level i know people think he's a robot but he's actually a living breathing human his feelings were hurt and he felt i'm sure blindsided by the request or the threat or whatever and he's speaking out of character because of those emotions which is understandable but that's why i feel it's that's the furthest it's going to go he still has a lot of guaranteed money coming his way he still made a lot of money with the broncos his life is well off and if he wants to play in the nfl next year which I'm assuming he does because he wants to play until he's 40 or whatever. He said he's going to want to maintain that squeaky clean public image, which is getting a little tarnished, Chad, the more he speaks out like you were talking about. Yeah. I mean, I don't love it. And it's not that uh, it's not a player versus team thing. It's that some of this stuff I think really could hurt Russ. I would rather Russ keep this, you know, I do respect Russell Wilson. Uh, got love for him as a almost two year Broncos starter. And, you know, he's, he's a class act kind of guy in terms of, you know, he's a, he's a earnest leader, you know, like he does a lot for, for the community, all that stuff. Like he's a pretty squeaky clean guy. He's easy, easy to root for, for his sake. I would have preferred him take more of probably the Peyton Manning approach of, you know, keeping the, the dirty laundry internal, let it play out amongst the players who can actually, Players, meaning, you know, the, the, the shot callers that can affect things uh, because it could cost him 
uh, later on down the road. We shall see. Maybe not. We might be overblowing it uh, because, you know, production talks, et cetera, et cetera. But I guess it'll it'll be a hindsight thing. We'll find out how much and if it really does end up costing him relative to his NFL profile. He did, he hasn't given any indication recently what his intentions are. He said he's looking forward to what's next. If he doesn't foresee playing, if he's going to call it a career, then maybe he can get a little nasty and a little bold through the media and through the public. But if he wants to play and be on a team in 2024, he's going to have to eat some of this chat and uh, sweep it under the rug, as it were. Well, he did say, I mean, how much of this you want to believe at this stage? I, I mean, I'm skeptical, obviously, but he did say on Friday at the locker, um, that I, Hey, I came here to play in Denver for seven years and it's only been not even two. I want to stay here. Do, do you know where you're going to be next year? Russ? Not at this very moment. I don't, but I want to be here. I love the Bronx. First of all, he would say, I love the game. I love this game. And then it's almost like, and I love the Broncos and I love my teammates kind of like that. You know, watching a guy work through some of this stuff in real time, he is at least putting it out there from a public perspective, Zach, that, he wants to kiss and make up with the Broncos. He wants to stay here. But that kind of decision, even if there wasn't any PR blowback or controversy other than the fact that it's a team benching a high-profile player, there's always going to be some controversy associated with that. But even, even then, if there were no drama you know, on top of that, once you rip that Band-Aid off, it's very rare that it ever uh, – gets put back on in a meaningful way in that same city. You know, once you make that move, the Peyton Manning thing, the way it played out for the Broncos in 2015 is really an exception to the modern day rule. And if the Broncos, you know, don't go on that, that romp and win the Super Bowl and all that stuff, maybe we hear some other drama leaks out about how Peyton was feeling about the whole thing. I don't know, but that's where things are right now with Russ. He wants to make it, make it sound like he'll he wants to come back but yeah. i think he's pretty hurt you know it's like it's like ron burgundy i'm hurt right he's he's upset about it and uh obviously the broncos are kind of off the rust train yeah you couldn't you can't put the cork back in the wine bottle and the relationship is again unfixable at this juncture uh russ is saying all the right things but he knows deep down he's gone and he even told diana russini that chad recently that he expects to be cut by march uh by the broncos by the way, the cork and all that, I'm not a, I don't drink. So this was news to me. Maybe what I'm about to say is not news to you, Zach, or anybody else out there. But I was uh, on, I think, Instagram the other day or whatever. They're flying through it. There's a little video of this uh, server at an upscale restaurant in New York City. He's got this bottle of wine, cork on it, you know, probably a pretty pricey bottle of wine. And he's got this, like, you know, those little uh, miniature mobile. Uh, heat deals that you could like heat up a little pan on it. It's got a little butane or whatever flame. It kind of looked like that. It was about yay big. And he, he was heating up this like tool that you would kind of like this. And then he put it around the top of the bottleneck and kind of just went around it a couple times, pulled it off. And this was after it was heated up, right? He heats up the edges of this thing. These shears almost looking type deal. And then he just, just pops off. The lid just pops off. And one of the, the the people at the table for whom he provided this service said that the very thing I was thinking, which is, dude, I don't want that. There might be like glass shavings that fall inside. I don't want that. And he flips it over and he shows them, by the way, look right here. 
very clean break. You don't see any fragmentation, like it's clean. I didn't even know people did that, but I don't drink wine. Now put the cork back in that bottle. Let's see him do that. Yeah, good luck. Uh, draft time jumping in again, bro. Yeah, but he pulled the same stuff did Russ in Seattle, trying to get Pete Carroll fired and John Schneider fired. Thank you for super chat number two, big dog. And it it is worth bringing up, you know, the full canon of Russ. This is, uh, what would you say? It's unconfirmed. We don't know it for a fact, but there is some solid reporting out there that yes, Russ was campaigning. Most of you are aware of this to get Pete Carroll fired. He wanted Sean Payton, ironically, uh, according to the reports. And uh, of course, didn't play out for Russ in Seattle the way he wanted. And so he forced his way out. But there is a, a little bit of a theme there. Care for what you wish for. You just might get it. And, you know, I don't really care about Russ's tenure in Seattle. That was over two years ago. Russ's tenure in Denver is about to be over. So if that's what he did. That's what he did. We have to focus on who the next quarterback of the Broncos will be. Uh, we're at 49 minutes, guys. So we're about out of time. Any burning topics, get it in the chat. We'll do our best to get to it before we dip on out of here. And while we do have a second, I'm just going to peruse uh, – the chat real real quick and see if there's any salient topics that we're missing out on here. Um, I'm seeing it, you know, both in the chat maybe, and, and really just comments on YouTube comments on milehighhuddle.com, Twitter, Zach, that the fan base seems pretty divided over kind of blame here. Half the, half the fan base wants to blame Sean Payton. Half the fan base wants to blame Russell Wilson it's usually not that simple or black and white, so to speak, but where do you stand on that? I'm down the middle. I'm Switzerland, Chad, because I see it both sides. It's a business, like I've been saying, not to sound like a broken record or be cliche. It's within the Broncos, right? If they want to bench a player, they want that player to redo his contract. It happens all the time. I don't agree with the threat aspect, but this is what the, the business world is like in the NFL. From Russ's point of view, I understand where he's coming from. He had a bounce back season. He was a top five statistical quarterback for most of the season. He looked the part. He was on a winning streak. He finally took down Kansas City, and now he's asked to be a backup. And sometimes it just doesn't work out. Sometimes you just you try and it fails and you go your separate ways. So I don't think there's Team Russ or Team Payton. I think there's cases to be made uh, from both sides of the window. Uh, two more, unless there's anything else that pops up, and then we're going to dip both on Facebook. Keith, good to see you with your glorious beard, my dog. Hope you're doing well. Happy New Year to you. Uh, and I just realized this as I'm speaking your name, you've got a hat coming your way that I totally spaced out, uh, my friend. So I got to I got to get that uh, taken care of for you. He says, though, whether it's with the Broncos or another team, is Russ capable of leading a team to the playoffs? It's been since 2020 that we've seen that level of performance. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I have come to the realization Zach, and a lot of this was, you know, uh, the, the, the scales falling off my eyes, so to speak, orange as they probably were after week five, the Jets game, right? Uh, I've come to the realization that for us to really serve a team and create the perception that bona fide, I'm a franchise guy and Pro Bowl and all that stuff, ideal conditions have to really be ideal, meaning – Defense has to be basically on a level that the Broncos were playing on during that six-game win streak uh, or five-game win streak. 
your run game has to be not just like something you stay committed to, but very efficient and prolific. If those and, and savvy coaching along the way in terms of situational and stuff like that, if all those things line up, he's a guy that can get you to the playoffs. But how many teams have all those stars perfectly in a line uh, alignment? Not many, Zach, which is why it devolves back to the old saying that it's the quarterback that is the tide that floats all the boats, that raises all the ships. And so I'm, I've really circled back to the to the uh, view that you can succeed with Russ, but you need everything to be really ideal, it seems, for him to uh, take you to the promised land. Truthfully, I know he's older. Athletically, he's gotten a little slower, but he's still the same player he was in Seattle. That is not that great in structure, but great off of structure. Great playing backyard football in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, fourth quarter comebacks, game winning drives, making magic happen. But that was successful in Seattle as it was in Denver when, like you mentioned, he had a solid defense, a solid running game, and all the compliments around him. When he doesn't have those compliments, uh, the, the team, the offense falls apart. And that's what we saw this year. So he's always been the same quarterback. Back, though it's not sustainable his type of play in today's nfl the ronk brother love you appreciate you so much you are a prince i've got one more comment that i want to grab here quest slash question uh after wow, lady you, and then we're getting out of here but deanna thank you so thank much you. seriously two top rope supers one night she says have a blessed new year bed best podcast of the year mhh for life Thank you, and uh, give our best to your family. We wish you the best. That is absolutely for sure. Love you, Lady D. Don't forget to be on the show Thursday night, though. Be there. Have us have it tuned in. You're going to want to. Thank you so much, Deanna, again. Uh, I got to get this one for uh, our, our boy, Eric Weber, jumping in with some big-time stars. Thank you, bro. He says, Happy New Year's, Priest, Deacon Scott, and Broncos country. Another year without playoffs sucks. And it would appear we still need our franchise QB of the future, but seems we're heading in a positive direction, hoping we can pull off the victory in Vegas. I feel good about the Broncos getting the win um, because this season we, we can, there have been some warts on the year one of Sean Payton regime, but it has been a year of, of streak snapping, not every streak that we would perfectly want snapped like the playoff drought, but you know, you finally beat, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, that streak is snapped. You're on pace anyway to – you're for sure not having – well, not for sure. You have a chance uh, to have a winning season for the first time in many, many years. That streak is on par being snapped. There are others, but you got you to gotta polish this off right, I think. I'm not as concerned about the one or two draft spots that it would behoove the Broncos – I do buy into the idea that, you know, they play the game to win and winning does mean something and it can give a team momentum and da, 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 da. Go beat the Raiders and snap the seven game losing streak. Yeah, I mean, the season didn't go to how I thought it would. I thought they'd win double digits and be a playoff team, but let's say they finished nine and eight. It's still a four win improvement on what Nathaniel Hackett did last year. It would be, you're talking about snapping streaks. The first time since 2016, the Broncos have had a winning record. So it might not have been perfect, but if they do beat the Raiders, finally get that monkey off their back, it would have to go down Chad as a successful year in year one under Sean Payton. Definitely a step forward. Definitely yeah. a step forward. Uh, draft time again, jumping in. Thank you, my friend. First time in five or six years, the Broncos were at 500 going into a new year. Well, yeah, I mean, this was the first time since the 
final Kubiak season that the Broncos were competitively relevant in December. You know, the closest they had come post Kubiak, Zach, was the Case Keenum year. And it wasn't December. It was dashed basically halfway through November. But they did create a little bit of a window uh, in the beginning of that third quarter of the season only to squander it, so to speak. So, yes, um, it, it's a step forward. Has it been perfect? No. But Sean Payton, especially in hindsight, Zach, I'm realizing, was dealing with a lot more, ma many more obstacles than I initially saw at first glance. Uh, for a team that didn't know how to win going 9-8 and eight in your first year, I mean, that's pretty impressive, and it's definitely a stepping stone going forward. The expectation, though, Chad, especially if Sean Payton gets his quarterback, though, they have to be a playoff team in 2024. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. $18 million a year for Sean Payton. He'll have had two years to implement his system. It has to be playoffs or bust in 2024. Uh, by the way, before I forget, also, Keith, uh, Brugman, DM me your address, um, etc. Thank you, buddy. Nick, <clears throat> bro, the last time we weren't able to get to your comment, we ran out of time. This uh, is playing out just perfect we were able to get to you here but this is probably our last one he says happy new year fellas right back at you he says i appreciate all you do for broncos country thank you buddy will the broncos name slash organization ever be restored makes me sad that we've been in the national sports media in a negative light and connotation for several years i know winning will <clears throat> do that but it's been so hard for so many years much love to all of you mhs for life <laughs> btg thank you buddy um Will that name ever be restored, Zach? If the Broncos win enough football games, as Nick was saying there in his own comment, uh, the, the only part that I kind of push back on is I don't really care how the national sports media perceives the Broncos or what they say about them. People are clowning Sean Payton still for Bountygate. I, I don't care about that if the Broncos are winning football games as they were. So let them hate, let them say what they want. But then in order for a collective opinion to change the consensus about the Broncos, they have to not be a joke. They have to go one year without having a national lampoon situation, either at coach or quarterback or a combination of those factors. Winning cures all. It's kind of a, a, a catch 22 because as we just got done illustrating Zach, the Broncos under Sean Payton year one have taking, uh, taken a pretty significant step forward relative to the results, the production, the standings, et cetera. Um, but it's not going to be as, you know, a lot of teams in that situation, year one, big, big, fine, you know, push forward, a uh, little bit short of the playoffs, but look at how far we came relative to the year prior. And they are able to, channel that all the more efficiently into a year two because of continuity, especially in the key spots, whether it's quarterback coaching spots, coordinators, this and that the Broncos, uh, it's going to be a little bit trickier to convert that momentum, that step one into step two because of the quarterback questions. You know, there things have changed lately in the NFL. It's not uh, as unthinkable anymore, Zach, for, a team to hit the ground running with a rookie quarterback, a first round pick. So you never know. I mean, the Texans this year are a good example of that, but I still feel like Sean Payton has brought this team forward a, a couple of two, three, four steps. I, I would tell you, I mean, it's four game there. He's on pace to have a, as Zach mentioned, a four game improvement over the previous regime. I'm still bought into that. I still think Sean Payton was the right hire. 
and I'm willing to uh, cut them some slack, some benefit of the doubt, et cetera. And I'm still optimistic about 2024. Yeah, he was the right hire. I agree. I am optimistic as well. But you use the word tricky when it comes to taking the Broncos to the next level. At some point, Chad, he's being paid $18 million a year. Sean Payton has the reputation of being this all-knowing, amazing coach slash pseudo-GM. Well, it's time to put that into actuality and prove that you're worth that money and prove that you're worth that reputation. And that's why I'm saying at some point, the arrows are going to go like this, and he can't escape those. Guys, love you. Thank you so much. Happy New Year. We got a couple messages for you, then we got a dip. Terrific episode, as always, of the MHH Podcast. If you're not doing so, follow us on Twitter at the MHH Pod. You can follow the main account at Mile High Huddle. Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott, our producer, at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, you know what it is, where it is, but just in case, mhhmerch.com, check it out and get you some. Also, if you haven't, drop us a like at facebook.com slash Pod. You can find us on Instagram at mile underscore high underscore huddle. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, make sure you're leaving your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, y'all, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Amen to that. Much love and respect to the great Super Chat superstars and supporters tonight. Throwing down Deuce from New Orleans, Mr. Rocket, Miguel, The Ronk, Doug, Sam Bam, Jeff, Lawrence, the Triple C, Colby, the Lady D, Naj, Michaela, the Duchess, Xander. Um, I said Lawrence already, by the way, again. Happy uh, early birthday tomorrow, big dog. Uh, draft time, Broncos country. Uh, the GLP jumping in at the uh, 11th hour. Bro, love you. The swashbuckler himself. Mr. Gary Palmer with a very generous super chat to punctuate tonight's show saying, hi, Chad and Zach and Broncos country. Happy New Year. Happy to be here. Happy well, New Gary, Year, Gary. Happy, right? yes, right back at you. And uh, we're happy to have you here as well. But now we got to go now. So uh, we'll have to see you Thursday. That's a reminder. I almost forgot. Guys, make sure you're with us Thursday night. I know most of you aren't going to miss it anyway, but. We're unveiling the 2023 graphic showing the actual breakdown of the Mount Rushmore Super Chat Superstars on YouTube for last year. Don't miss it. We'll, uh, we'll see you Thursday, though. Have a great start to your week. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.